0: Let us pray together. Gracious God, we breathe in your Holy Spirit for the empowerment to comprehend your yes to us in Jesus and for the empowerment to say yes in return with our lives. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. In your bulletins, you can see that in this Advent season in our homes, we've been invited to light a candle in the morning or at a meal or in the evening at the end of day and to be still with God. And our congregation in each of our homes has been asking, God, how are you calling me to a fuller yes to you? Or how are you calling me to participate in your yes to somebody else? And how might you be calling me to say a no to something in my life now so that I can make room for your yes in my life. I don't know about you, but my time this Advent has always happened very early in the morning. I love getting up when our home is still dark when our radiators are just beginning to bang and clang. Anybody have radiators that do that? I think you have to live in the city. And going down for a cup of coffee. And then I go up to our dark study and I light a candle. And I feel again my own, my own profound need for God's light in my life. I notice, I've notice. i been noticing these last weeks the vulnerability of the flame. Have you noticed that, how it flickers? Very vulnerable. But I've also been noticing its incredible luminosity, especially the darker the room is. Have you been noticing that too? Its power, its strength, its toughness. Sometimes I've recited John 1.5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. I don't say it like that. I say it quietly, actually. (laughs) I'd wake up to that. Not only did the darkness not overcome it, it will never be able to. And I need that right now in these tumultuous days. How about you? That hope, that hope. And personally, this connects me in a very personal way with my Uncle Barry, because that's one of his favorite verses, his life verses. And that's our hope for him too, in these final days of his life. So I hope in our sharing time later today, that you'll consider sharing your own story about what's been rising up in you during these times of candlelighting in your home and how you, in your own life, have been making room in your life for the life of God. So, in this Advent season, we are paying special attention, noticing how the story of Jesus' birth is first and foremost the story of God's amazing yes to our broken and beautiful world. In Jesus, it says in 1 Corinthians 122, every one of God's promises is a yes. God is saying yes to our material universe. Yes to embodiment to physicality, yes, to being human. It's good to be human. And in Jesus, God's disruptive yes comes to disrupt sin, injustice, greed, and violence, and to make a whole brand new world possible. Praise God. Advent is the season when we remember how Jesus put on our flesh and moved into the neighborhood. As Sheen Claiborne puts it, God getting born, I love that, God getting born in a barn and not in the west wing of some palace reminds us that God shows up in the most forsaken corners of the earth. In the abandoned places of the empire. In our gospel reading today, we see God's surprising habit of choosing not those at the center of power and privilege, but those who seem most marginal, most unprepared, and most powerless. I mean, my goodness, in Mary, God chooses a very marginal woman in a very marginal village. Not in Rome, or in Cairo, or Jerusalem, as we heard in the skit, but in Nazareth. And by the way, back then, Nazareth was, around, was a village around twice the size of our church. That's where God showed up. In the Bible, why do we see God so often working through the weak, the unworthy, and the little ones? Why does God do this? Well, who has the most room in their lives for the life of God? The self-sufficient or the poor in spirit? Who will be the most spiritually fertile? Those who are completely sure of themselves or those who freely embrace their need for God? Our Gospel reading today opens in verse 26 with the angel Gabriel being sent by God to Mary. We saw that so wonderfully today. Through Gabriel, the messianic identity of the soon-to-be-born Jesus is disclosed. The mystery is no longer a mystery. And then in verse 27, we learn that Mary is already engaged, which means she's probably at least 14. We also learn that she's well acquainted with the facts of life because when Gabriel tells her she will soon conceive a child, she says, how on earth is that going to happen? I've never been with a man. Good question, isn't it? You see, the thought of a before. Wedlock, pregnancy must be terrifying to Mary. How long is it going to take for the village gossips to start wagging their tongues about Mary? Will anyone in the town ever believe that this child came by the Holy Spirit? Would you? And when Joseph hears, will he have her stoned to death as the law requires of an unmarried woman found to be pregnant? Friends, notice that everything Gabriel says today to Mary is in the future tense. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The child to be born will Be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What is needed for all these verbs to become present tense? Mary's needed. Mary's yes is needed. Mary's consent to God is needed. And here we meet the awesome mystery of divine sovereignty and human agency. God is about to do a new and marvelous thing, but Mary is not, not, not a mere passive participant in these divine events. Love always invites and never forces or coerces. Let me say that again. Love always invites and never forces or coerces. God is inviting Mary to take her part in this unfolding story. Just as God is, is inviting us to take our part as well. Friends, we have to believe that the possibility is there for Mary to say a big no to God. Just as it is for us, right? And so in our story, I imagine a very, very long pause between verses 37 And 38, as God waits and as all of creation holds its breath for what Mary's answer is going to be. And then I, I love to imagine that there's great rejoicing in all of the cosmos when Mary finally gives her yes to God and says, here I am here i am the servant of the lord let it be with me according to your word here i am god make my life make my body your home And notice, dear friends, how Mary is able to give her yes directly to God here. No permission is needed from some male mediator or father figure or future spouse or priest or pastor with a Y chromosome. She gives her full yes directly to God. And this was amazingly radical for Mary in her day, and sadly, it sometimes still is in our day today. And notice Mary's world transforming, here I am to God. I just would love to hear all the women and young girls in our congregation, say that together with Mary. Here I am. Here I am. you got to say it like you believe it. One more time. Here I am. Yep, here you are. As the theologian Elizabeth Johnson says so beautifully, Mary is a woman who has not lost her voice. She's just found it. Her yes is not the yes of self-denial, but the yes of co-creation with God, of joining and participating and, dare I say, advancing the life and mission of God. Here is a woman claiming, taking hold of her moral agency and actively trusting and embracing and praying with all her might for what God desires. Let it be with me. With me. According to your word. And because of that, the word of God now becomes flesh in Mary's own flesh. Her... Risky, risky yes to God makes Jesus possible. In the season, there's a powerful temptation for all of us just to focus sentimentally on a sweet baby Jesus who is so adorable, but asks absolutely nothing of us. Powerful temptation in my own life. But God needs people who will offer our lives as spaces where Jesus can be born into this world. God needs people like you and me who are making space, making room in our lives for the life of God. God needs our church to be a community where Jesus is coming to life in each of us with sustained receptivity. Early this morning, I was reading, and it didn't say that, it said sustained effort. And I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me to say, no, that's wrong. Sustained effort sounds like it's all up to you. And so I changed it to sustained receptivity. God will be with us in our open receiving. This past week, many of us have been pondering the, uh, the wonderful story that Virgil, a dear brother, new friend in our midst, shared with us last Sunday. How, I think I got this right, you were sitting in McDonald's last Sunday, and how he became part of God's yes to a woman in need, how he felt led to buy her breakfast, and then to take her to a friend's home for a shower, so that she could feel human again. And here, over in the gallery, every Wednesday morning, a group of us gathers together to pray in silence, but before we started our silent prayer this past Wednesday, we talked about Virgil's story together in great, at great depth and how his yes to God and to that woman opened up something new. And one person over in our prayer group said this, my brain needs rewiring so that I can do the same thing in my life. My brain needs Rewiring, and I think in that moment it became clear to all of us why we gather in prayer together every week, precisely so that God can do this kind of in-depth rewiring that we all need, especially me, so that love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and generosity. And gentleness and self-control can be the fruit, God's fruit, in our lives. So in the year ahead, I hope that at East Chestnut Street, we can become all the more a community where each of us is discovering our own unique ways of connecting with God in this powerful and sustaining way. Maybe through scripture, not maybe, through scripture, through walking or biking, through centering or embodied prayer. And I hope that all of us can become together a community that is not embarrassed, not embarrassed to share with one another how this connection with God is happening. It should not be an embarrassing question for us to ask each other, how are you connecting with God in your life? Every one of us should have practices that is sustaining that connection so that we may be transformed day by day by day. In a moment here, we're going to be singing about Jesus, and we're going to be singing, Let Every Heart Prepare Him Room. Friends, it was in the space created by Mary's yes, her making room in her life for the life of God, that Jesus was born. It was in her vulnerable yes to God that she became a central participant in God's plan to save and to repair the world. Dear friends, may Mary's response become our response as well. And I invite you now to repeat after me, here we are. Come, Lord Jesus. Come into our lives. Come into our bodies. Come into our families. Come into our church. Come into our city. Come into our world. Be born in us today.